is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I will be here for a long time now. Took a few days here and there to see family on the weekend, my father's 93rd birthday, and last night I received a wonderful award from a wonderful organization, the Endowment for Middle East Truth, Emmet. Uh, and uh, what they do is they educate members of Congress, among others, about what's going on in the Middle East, particularly as, uh, as affects uh, Israel. And I want to thank them uh, for the honor, and it's a great honor. And the uh, moving force behind the organization, Sarah, and uh, the entire board of directors, and and, uh, all the people who came. They came from all over the country, not just to see me, to see others too. Tim Scott, wonderful senator from South Carolina. I'd never met him before, and we met. He was fantastic, among others. So uh, was... Absolutely delightful. So again, I want to thank Emmet, the uh, Endowment for Middle East Truth. If you want to check out their website, I think you'll find it as fascinating as I do. It's emetonline.org. Emetonline.org. Okay, North Korea and the deal. Did Trump give up too much? I've been hearing this now for 48 hours. Or is it 72 hours? I can't even tell anymore. There is no deal. Hello? There's no deal. It has yet to be negotiated. They have a general statement, a framework. That's all they have. So I don't know what's been given up or what's going to be given up, and nobody else does either. There was a concession the president made. Uh, He ended, at least temporarily, the joint military exercises. They're not war games. I wish he wouldn't use that phrase. They're not games. Those are our military. They're not playing games. It's serious as life and death. It's joint. These are joint military exercises. And why do we have joint military exercises with allies, including South Korea? To ensure our readiness, to ensure that we're able to coordinate our forces, to practice various tactical moves and create tactical advantages, so forth. I wish the president hadn't conceded that. He must have had a reason to do it. So he did. But there is no deal yet. And there aren't specifics in the deal yet. So what people are arguing over and debating over one way or the other are the president's statements, his language, which was very cheery, considering uh, on is a genocidal mass murder where his, uh, his state, his government, has hundreds of thousands of people 
in, uh, in these gulags, in these concentration camps, where they're tortured, they're summar- summarily executed. Uh, they enslave people, they rape women. You know, what you would expect from a uh, communist paradise. And of course, we have nothing but repeated lies from the North Koreans, from his daddy and his granddaddy. Uh, and presidents of both parties have been taken. Enormous amounts of resources have been given to the North Koreans. They sign these agreements and they lie. But the president, his secretary of state, Pompeo, they say, look, this time it's different. That's not going to happen. We're going to have the deal of deals. This is what we do, deals. We're going to have the deal of deals. There's going to be absolute verification. Uh, absolute denuclearization. They're not going to be able to hide anything. And if that's true, that'll be terrific. We don't know the specifics yet. Now, the president has kept in place these economic sanctions. They are severe economic sanctions. He hasn't lifted those. We're not removing American troops from South Korea. The president says maybe one day it's not in the equation today. No, maybe no day we should move, remove the American troops. We've got to think about this area, not just in context of North Korea, but China. I'll get to that in a minute. Now, what some advocates of this non-deal have been saying, and it's really hilarious to listen to them too. Look at the other side, they tell us. Look at the media and the Democrats. Look at what hypocrites they are. Well, that is a DNA factor when it comes to the left and the media. Hypocrisy. The other one is lying. Lying. So they say correctly, these are the same people that agreed with the Iran deal, that did not go through the constitutional treaty process in the Senate, that had all these secret side deals, that conferred tens of billions of dollars into this Islamic Nazi regime to use for terrorism, to use to, to build ICBMs that were not covered under the agreement, to build conventional weapons, and to cheat. There was no real verification. We were not allowed to look at their military sites. And again, these side deals, these secret deals, even members of Congress weren't aware of them. Certainly the American people weren't. And the president scraps it correctly, which shows he has enormous good judgment. And when he scrapped it, he was attacked. He was attacked almost universally in the media. He was attacked almost universally by the Democrats, by the Obamaoids, which rhymes with the hemorrhoids, and by Obama himself and by Kerry himself. An unverifiable deal that helps fund the Islamo-Nazi terrorist regime in Iran, which says it's going to destroy America and destroy certain of our allies, including Israel. And the left and the media and the Democrats were all for it. And in order to get that deal, Obama gave away everything, the whole damn house. More than that, He even spied on the Prime Minister of Israel. He spied on members of Congress. He spied on Jewish organizations. They also lied to Congress when they said they would not allow the Iranians to use our financial institutions to launder their money 
That is their currency. In the shadows, that was exactly what they were advocating. So you have all kinds of lawlessness, deceit, cover-ups, omissions by the Obama administration in cutting their deal with the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran, and still the media supported it, and still the Democrats supported it, and still the Obamaoids are out there defending it. A disaster. And this president had the good sense and the good judgment to finally kill it. And the Democrats are complete frauds, hypocrites, and liars. And same with the media. But that doesn't explain whether we should be for or against what the president is or has done. First of all, we need to see it. They haven't even negotiated it. This was a first meeting. And of course, there are people who say there should have been no meeting. That we gave legitimacy to Kim Jong-un. We gave legitimacy to Kim Jong-un. And our flag should not have flown with the North Korean flag. Now a couple points on this. Why was our flag flying with the North Korean flag? Our flag never flew with the Soviet flag when we were negotiating with Gorbachev. That, That was kind of weird. I mean, it's not, it's not an insurmountable issue. It's not a life or death issue. I just don't know why we would do that. But we did. Okay. So be it. So be it. Now the two heads of state meet. And it gives legitimacy. Legitimacy. To the North Korean regime. You know what gives legitimacy to a regime? When you transfer $150 billion to it. You know what gives legitimacy to a regime and its tactics? It's when you give them $1.7 billion in foreign currency. In the middle of the night, flown on a foreign airplane, drop it off at an airport in Iran to get our hostages out. They called that ransom when I was a young man. You know what gives a... A regime legitimacy when surrogates for the President of the United States, Barack Obama, officials, Treasury officials, among others, are pressing our banks and foreign banks to go ahead and launder the Iranian currency. You know what gives legitimacy to a regime like the Islamo-Nazi regime in Iran? When you spy on the Prime Minister of Israel, members of Congress. That gives legitimacy to a regime. Donald Trump decided to meet with Kim Jong-un. As of now, we don't know if that was the right thing or the wrong thing. Because we don't have a thing yet. We have nothing yet. Two months ago, the left, the media, the Democrats told us that Trump is going to start a nuclear war with North Korea. These same people who defended the Iran deal... But these same people now tell us that Trump is going weak on North Korea. So we cannot, we must not rationalize our opposition or support for what the president is doing based on what the left, the Democrats, and the media said. They're incoherent. They're incomprehensible. And the reason is they're ideologically driven, not for America, 
but against the president. And so I don't interpret what's going on in society or what's taking place in this matter based on what the media say or the Democrats say or the left say. They're poison. They're poison. And so we use our own noggins based on history and experience to try and figure this out. Now here's what I do know. The current president of the United States said that whatever deal is reached, if a deal is reached, it will be treated as a treaty. Many Republicans in Congress, especially the Senate, which has to approve treaties, have said the same thing. Therein lies the saving grace. The biggest problem with the Iran deal is it skirted the Constitution. And so all these side deals and all the other issues were not presented to the Senate. They were not presented to the American people to draw conclusions. All these experts and quasi-experts, they couldn't really comment on what was actually taking place because they didn't know what was actually taking place. We knew the big pieces of it. That was bad enough. But what about all the other stuff? We never knew. We don't know all of it today. The purpose of the treaty clause is to ensure that the American people, through the United States Senate, through transparency, know what's in the treaty. Article 2, Section 2, Clause 2 of the United States Constitution. That's what it is. It's crucially important, isn't it? Now, what does it say? I'll tell you what it says. It says that the, uh, with the advice and consent of two-thirds, a supermajority vote of the United States Senate, treaties become effectively law. It's two-thirds of the senators present. Now, that's a high bar, isn't it? It's intended to be a high bar. So the same mistakes that were made in this so-called Iran deal aren't made again. Or never made. They considered it absolutely crucial that another body have input into this process. In fact, early on at the Constitutional Convention, when this clause was being debated... There were all kinds of proposals, including that the Senate should negotiate treaties. Well, that would have been absurd, but that was something they thought about. But they decided they wanted more than one branch of government, that is, more than one person, making decisions that are really significant and far-reaching and that are international in nature. They didn't want to leave it to one person, and they didn't. And so you have the treaty process. Barack Obama went around the treaty process. Mitch McConnell and Bob Corker went around the treaty process. The Republicans went right along. So now the treaty process, Article 2, Section 2, Clause 2, you can read it yourself, would apply. Now I'm going to tell you how I know it would apply and why that's crucially important. We'll be right back. Mark
questions being raised about verification. All that stuff has to be presented. What exactly are we talking about? What weapons are we talking about? What delivery systems are we talking about? Uh, What kind of verification is there? What kind of inspections are there? All these issues are to be presented in the form of a treaty. So this entire process will be different than the Iran process. Here's how I know. Cut seven. Donald Trump talking to Sean Hannity on Fox TV last night. Go. I will say, uh, speaking of the Iran deal, since we got out of that deal, and we could do it very easily because they never had it approved by Congress. It was just President This must be approved by Congress. I want it to be approved by Congress because otherwise it really doesn't mean very much. I I would think anybody would want it approved by Congress. Wow. How come nobody's mentioning this? All the pom-pom boys and rockettes who are saying this is the greatest deal since sliced bread, there is no deal. All the pro-North Korea, anti-Trump crowd on the left, or is it the anti-North Korea, anti-Trump crowd on the left? We can never tell. Why are they saying this is the worst deal ever? There is no deal. The President of the United States has said himself, when this thing is negotiated, it'll be presented as a treaty. I'll be right back. Cast your vote for Mark today for the National Radio Hall of Fame. You can vote by text and email. Text the number 500 to 96,000 and vote at RadioVote.com. Well, I hope if you haven't voted, you'll jump in. I can tell you others are jumping in for other candidates. So if you like listening to the program, you don't have to agree with me all the time. But if you like radio and you like listening to this program, as I've liked listening to radio my entire adult life, and even pre-bubescent life, I hope you'll, you'll jump in. Now's the time to do it. You can use your uh, cell phone, whatever kind it is. Text the number 500 to 96 thousand that's nine six zero 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 three zeros five hundred to nine six zero 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 and you can vote another way as well you can vote both twice that is once by text and once online you go to radiovote.com radiovote.com i had somebody come up to me on the street and said it didn't work i kept trying to vote for you because you've got to vote in two categories the first category, I'm not even in. You can vote for somebody or hit the abstain button. They have an abstain button. And then that's how you get to my category. And then you can uh, click on my photo or the button next to my photo and then submit it. And I'm very, very grateful uh, to all of you who have voted and grateful for all of you who will. And please feel free to share this information with family and friends. They can vote, too, on their cell phones and uh, via email. And I much appreciate it. Now, I just said that one of the differences here, should there be a deal with North Korea, is it would be submitted to the Senate for ratification. But then I heard Mitch McConnell at a press conference yesterday. Cut six, Mr. Producer, go. I think there would be widespread interest in Congress for having an involvement in this, if the president can reach a significant agreement with the North Koreans, I hope it takes the form of a treaty. That's what the 
founders of our country anticipated, and that's why it's in the Constitution. We obviously have precedent for things less than that, uh, but which route the administration takes will be up to them. But I do believe they'll need to come to Congress in some form, and we'll wait and see what form that takes. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This is the man who's been the longest-serving Republican Senate leader in history. Did you hear that, Curveball? Because he was involved with Corker in setting up the system resulting in the unconstitutional process that was used to adopt the Iran deal. They went around the treaty clause. Even though he throws it out there, he says, you know, be up to the administration to decide what they want to do. So now they're going to use the unconstitutional procedure, in my view, that was used to adopt the Iran deal to potentially adopt a North Korea deal. You agree with that? And then I, I said to Mr. Producer, we better play cut seven again because I'm hearing some vague language that causes me concern here, too. And this is the Hannity interview with Trump last night. Cut seven, go. I will say, uh, speaking of the Iran deal, since we got out of that deal, and we could do it very easily because they never had it approved by Congress. It was just President This must Obama. be approved by Congress. I want it to be approved by Congress because otherwise it really doesn't mean very much. I, wanted, I, I would think anybody would want it approved by Congress. Okay, so the language here is a little confusing and conflicting. The Iran deal went through Congress, but it was a, a rigged process that required Congress, a supermajority of both houses of Congress, to veto the Iran proposal. What they should be saying is it needs to go to the United States Senate if it's to be treated as a treaty. So now I'm concerned. Certainly with McConnell, who's very passive in this regard. But when you listen to the president's language, he said he never had it approved by Congress. I'm just wondering if he means by the Senate there. I'm not sure. But over the next weeks and perhaps months, we need to drill down on this and find out. We need to get back to using the treaty clause of the Constitution, ladies and gentlemen. Donald Trump won't be president forever. That's why we believe in these principles. That's why we believe in interpreting the Constitution as intended by the, fa- the uh, framers of the Constitution. That treaty clause is there for a reason. We cannot be like left-wing activists. The ends justify the means. I don't care who the president is. So it's absolutely crucial that this go through the treaty provision. Article 2. Section 2, Clause 2 of the Constitution. There is no article, section, or clause that gives constitutional sustenance to the process that was used in the Iran deal. And the president just made clear that he doesn't want to do the same system as the Iran deal. But he used the word Congress instead of Senate. I hope and I believe he meant Senate. But I think those of us who were highly critical of the Iran deal for bypassing our precious Constitution would be highly critical of any other deal by any other president that does exactly the same thing. I'm not talking about minor deals. I'm talking about major acts, including those that involve nuclear weapons and ICBMs and things of that sort. 
That requires more than a president and an administration. I think we all agree on that. At least we did during the Obama administration. So this is going to be very, very crucial to keep an eye on this. Mitch McConnell really doesn't care. In one breath, he talks about the treaty provision. It's in the Constitution. The founders wanted it. He's, conf- he's confused. He meant the framers. There was no Constitution uh, when we were fighting the revolution. And uh, he said, but there's precedent to use these other processes, and the administration will decide. The administration will decide. So we have a Republican Senate leader, the longest Republican Senate leader in history, which is an absurdity. He's not only ineffective, he's effective for the wrong side way too often. They'll point to five things he's done in 12 years, yip de do But the passivity... And the ambiguity is troubling. The Senate, particularly led by Republicans, should be defending their constitutional authority. They took an oath to uphold it, after all. And in the clip that I played about the president, he appears to reject the process that was used in the Iran deal, which seems to suggest that he's embracing the treaty clause. I don't expect Jim Acosta to ask the question. I don't expect many reporters to ask the question because most of them don't give a damn about the Constitution anyway. And, uh, and most of them don't even understand the Constitution uh, anyway uh, or, uh, or care. So time will tell. But it is, uh, it is crucially important, at least to me, that that process is used uh, in this instance with, uh, with North Korea. Now, there's other things that ought to be on the table, too, in my view. Collaboration with Iran. North Korea is collaborating with Iran. North Korea is giving technological know-how that it receives from China, among others, to Iran. This is a big deal. And that's something we ought to be talking about. Everything should be on the table, and that's how you start a negotiation. I thought it was very odd quite frankly, that the president was using such cheery language uh, in describing and characterizing Kim Jong-un. He is a mass murderer, folks. He enslaves tens of thousands of people. They execute people every day. Summary executions, torture, rape. They kidnap people, including American citizens. He's not a good guy. He's not a good guy in the least. That is a slave state. That is a genocidal state. That is a police state. So I did think it was kind of weird, the cheery language that was used, to describe the, uh, the guy who inherited all this. And some of you might be saying, uh, come on, give Trump a chance. I'm not talking about Trump giving Trump a chance. A chance. I'm talking about reality, what's going on in North Korea. I'm not talking. I'm talking about reality, what's going on in North Korea. I do find it odd, in fact, increasingly odd, that you're not allowed. You, you know, the left, the left does not want you to think for yourself. The left believes in groupthink, that we all march in the same direction, and you cannot tolerate any, anybody who's out of step. You cannot tolerate it. 
And the way you address it is not through rational debate or discussion, but it's bully tactics or shunning or like in the, uh, the, the debate over global warming. You're a denier. You're a denier. You look at our college campuses. It's happening all over the place as they drive their ideology. We must not do that, and we must never do that among conservatives. Period. We must not. We must have tolerance for people who provide thoughtful opinions, and they provide their rationalizations to us. They explain it to us. Cheery language, as I call it, should not be used to describe a mass murder, a man who's in charge of of a genocidal state. We haven't taken our sanctions off, you know. Our military is still off the coast there. So I don't like putting a smiley face on his smiley face. That is Kim Jong-un's. So that bothers me. Absolutely it bothers me. But in the end, what matters is what this deal looks like and how it's processed through our political system. And it must be processed through the treaty clause. There's other positive things here, you know. I trust Donald Trump as a person who loves this country, who will not sell it out. I trust his Secretary of State, Pompeo, as a solid conservative with his eyes wide open. I trust John Bolton, who I've known for decades. You can't fool Bolton. I trust his advisors, the president's top advisors, and I trust him. Doesn't mean I agree with every single thing, like the concessions on, the, on joint military exercises, or the language that's used to describe the mass murder. Why use any language? You don't need to describe him at all. Say I had good meetings with the guy. Not that he's a good guy and so forth. He's not a good guy. In fact, he's a very bad guy. And if this is presented properly as a treaty, then we can get into the issue of how it's enforced, how it's verified. I I, I just think these senators who are jumping up and down right now, many of whom were absolutely silent when it came to the Iran deal, or worse, We're all for it when they didn't even know what was in it. They just need to keep their powder dry because they don't know what's in this deal because a deal hasn't been negotiated yet. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. One of the other concerns I have, frankly, is uh, people dismissing the nature of this regime. I'm not talking about all people, certainly not you in this audience, uh, but people who are dismissing the nature of this regime. You, you can't have an effective negotiation if you pretend something isn't happening or you pretend something doesn't exist. How can it be that two months ago, Little Rocket Man was the leader of this, of this nation with the worst human abuses imaginable. And two months later, he's a good guy. I'm not talking just about the president's language, but people who defend this. 
You can defend the president engaging. You can defend what the president's trying to do. You can certainly point out the past presidents have failed miserably, that they have been snookered. You can certainly point out that maybe we need a new approach to this. I agree with all that. And I certainly do praise the president for what he has done, how he's brought North Korea to this point. And I think with China, same thing, but we even need to do more with China. But let's not pretend this is a good guy. And I don't even like it in the context of trying to butter him up to get a deal. He's a killer. He's a mass killer. He was two months ago when we detested him, and he is today. Let us not do what the left does. Abandon our morality, abandon our principles, and abandon our ideas. The way you force a tyrant like this to do what needs to be done is to not sugarcoat what he's doing. Certainly not behind closed doors. You know, in 2017, is that where I am, Mr. Producer? In 2017, the Better Business Bureau heard more than 5,000 complaints about alarm companies. Did you know that? That puts home security in the top 10% of most complained about industries. Now, here's how you fix home security. You do it, my friends, over at Simply Safe did. Simply Safe got rid of the contracts and the hidden fees. They work hard to earn their customers' business instead of relying on tricks and fine print. Simply Safe is a company that treats you right. And how rare is that today? A company that relies on good service and a great product to earn your business. I've known Simply Safe for years. These are good people. It's why they've got an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and why they've had one for 10 years running. And there are over 40,000 five-star reviews of this system online. Simply Safe is what home security should be. You're getting the best protection, period. You can learn more about Simply Safe right now. Go to simplysafemark.com. That's simplysafemark.com to protect your family and your home with an A-plus home security system, cutting-edge technology, all the old clunky, junky stuff, out. SimplySafeMark.com. That's SimplySafeMark.com. So we should not candy-coat what this regime is. I don't think we should use cheery language in, in saying who, who on is. Don't use any language at all. You know, when... the when Reagan, and we have to look at the successful models, when Reagan brought down the Soviet Union, he always talked about the dissonance. Brett Baer has a wonderful new book out talking about the end of the Soviet Union and what Reagan did. He always spoke of the higher moral human order. Always. And to the best of my knowledge, he was no dove. To the best of my knowledge, he brought down the Soviet Union. So there's no need, no need to use cheery language. It's better to use no language at all to describe the killer, the dictator. Focus on the objective, the denuclearization of North Korea, but also other objectives to cut off their collaboration with Iran. And to loosen up on its society. One of the things we've not talked about here, and we really need to, 
and is rarely talked about in the context of North Korea over the last 72 hours, give or take, is China. What does China want out of all this? You think China wants North Korea to give up its nukes? Maybe. Maybe not. You think China would love, eventually, as the president said, to see American troops removed from South Korea? What do you think Japan would say? What do you think South Korea would say? How about the Philippines? How about Taiwan? You know, they're all in the neighborhood. I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Here's what I mean. Let's go to Leo Roundhill, Virginia, the great WMAL. Go ahead. Mark, you know, I, I'm kind of put off with you tonight uh, that you don't understand psychological warfare. Um, Trump's playing this by the numbers. He's got Trump this is what? man. We had, a, this, we had a delay. Trump is what? Trump is playing it by the numbers. He's duped him in. He's got him in. He's sucked him in. He's making him feel good. You know, you're such an idiot. We don't know what's happened yet. You sound like a liberal. You sound like a liberal. You sound you're 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 all emotional. You're going to oh, Trump sucked him in. Trump's done this. Trump's done. I have been saying for months in defending the president's approach to this guy. But if I dare to say I don't like the cheery language in defining this little Hitler, you don't understand psychological warfare. But Leo in Roundhill, Virginia, does. Get off the phone, you idiot. When we reach the point where we are going to defend. Defend the language that is used when it comes to a genocidal murder. Two months ago, two months ago, when we were referring to this man as a little Hitler, all of a sudden we're all like, like blackbirds on a telephone wire, all supposed to move in the same direction. And if you don't move in exactly the same direction, you don't understand psychological warfare. You don't understand psychological warfare. So you can't even support the president, in my case, and raise questions about some of the things he says. I don't know about you folks, but husbands and wives don't even treat each other that way. They love each other like no other people can. But they don't always agree. They agree generally on how to raise their family. They agree generally. And they work within those parameters. They agree on their faith. They agree on what movie to go to and so forth. It is so absurd to act like liberals and group think. I am not a pom-pommer. I am not. A rockette. There are pom-pommers and rockettes all over talk radio. All over talk radio. That's how they jack up their ratings. They're like politicians that play to that crowd. My audience is smarter. 
We are conservatives. We want to support the president in every way we can. And we do. Nobody is stronger, in my humble opinion, and more articulate to defending this president against Mueller, against the Democrats, against Congress. But I'm not going to go along and all of a sudden turn around, you know, it's psychological warfare. You just don't get it, Mark, when it comes to the cheery language, the flowery language used to describe on. Oh, yeah, I don't get it. Nobody else gets it either. We're just too stupid. It is amazing to me how you and I, you, my beloved audience, and I are talked down to by these people. They claim to be the average people, the non-elitists, and yet they're the elitists. They copy the left. They insist, they demand on groupthink. Or there's something wrong with you. Or there's something wrong with you. I want this to succeed. The Democrats don't. I want North Korea to denuclearize. The Democrats joke about it. And so, I support the president's efforts. But by God, Mark, you must support every syllable that comes out of his mouth. I don't, and I never will. Even when I worked for President Reagan, I didn't, and I never did. And Reaganites didn't demand 100% fealty to every single thing the president said. As a matter of fact, Reaganites at time were very critical of President Reagan. But not to sabotage him. Not to harm him, to help him. So it's really quite bizarre. Leo and Round Hill. He is, he doesn't know it, he's a liberal. He insists on groupthink. If President Trump said today, I believe in global warming, Leo would say, so do I. It's psychological warfare against the left. If President Trump said today, I believe in a watered-down DACA bill so 1.8 million illegal aliens can get citizenship, Leo and Roundhill would say, yes, it's great. You don't understand the long picture, Mark. If I say I oppose that massive debt-creating bill the president signed, Leo would say, you must hate Trump. You're not required, ladies and gentlemen, to suspend your your thinking ability, your reasoning ability, and your conservative principles. You can still support the president 90% of the time, 95% of the time. But this isn't some third world country where you either adopt every single syllable or there's something wrong with you. That's the left. Leo doesn't realize it. He is the mindset the psychology of the left. I have no stomach for it. You hear this all day long on talk radio. Go ahead and listen to it. If you just want to bring out the uh, New Year's Eve, uh, you know, noisemakers every day, yay, then go ahead. But here we're trying to have a rational discussion. And notice, Leo didn't say, you know, I disagree with you, let me tell you why. No, it's, You know, I'm really having problems with you today. That's a thug. You're having problems with me today because I gave, I I made a statement that you disagree with? An inoffensive statement? It's bizarre. 
I can agree with the president's ultimate goal, but disagree with praising. I will never, ever, ever praise Kim Jong-un. Never. I remember that young American student. That vibrant young American student who did such a horrific thing, took down a banner in a hotel. They killed him. He came home brain dead, and he died 48 hours later. All of a sudden, we're supposed to forget it. I remember the Korean War. The war that nobody else seems to remember, where 48,000 American soldiers died. 48,000. Died. I remember the Pueblo in international waters and how they tortured, tortured those men on that ship. And I got to hear this crap from some jerk in Round Hill, Virginia, that I don't understand psychological warfare. I know this is hard to believe, but sometimes humans are wrong, including me. Sometimes they're wrong. Even when they're politicians, even when they're senators, congressmen, and yes, presidents. And so we disagree. But not Leo on Round Hill, you don't understand psychological warfare. Psychological warfare? So why didn't we praise the Islamo-Nazis in Tehran? Why didn't we praise them for psychological warfare purposes? Why aren't we praising Castro for psychological warfare purposes? Because sometimes we have enemies and they don't deserve to be praised. And you can still defeat them without praising them. And you can still talk about the dissidents. You can still make it clear that there are human beings on the face of the earth that do care about people who are in gulags. And as I speak right now, being butchered and tortured and raped and summarily executed. And the idea, well, it happens in other countries too. Really? That's what the Stalinist leftists in this country always say. They make excuses for Cuba. They make excuses for Venezuela. They made excuses for the gulags of the Soviet Union. Well, it's done over here. It's a, what are you going to do? We can still talk about it, can't you? No. Leo on Roundhill says, no, don't talk about it. This is psychological warfare. No, Leo, you're involved in psychotic warfare. There's a difference, you know. Start to think for yourself. You don't have to agree with me. My wife doesn't always agree with me, which is exactly the point. That's not to say that I don't think the president will be successful like these never-Trumpers and leftists. I think he damn well could be. And I hope he is. And I think he's brought us to a very, very crucial point. And he deserves all the credit in the world. But I don't think he kissed this slob's ass either. This Kim Jong-un, you know, and he's a pretty good guy. He cares about his people. He doesn't care about his people. He cares about his own survival. He's a Stalinist. I am a realist. That's what I am. 
I am a realist. And conservatives are realists. We see what the world is. We look at experience, human experience. And we apply that to our thinking. All right. Tracy in Missouri, the great KZRG. Go, please. Hey, Mark. This is Tracy. Thank you so much for taking my call. I have such respect for you, and I want to praise you today for talking about this. I'm 100% behind you. It makes me sick to my stomach there, any praise in the way that Trump did it. When I, I watched that family talk about their son and what was done to him over there, and I think the psychological point that needs to be made here is this reminds me of the show that's called Fatal Attraction, where these crazy people take in like a tiger or a hyena or a poisonous snake, and they somehow think in their mind, oh, pet it, it's nice, and they, they get this like psychological biome to think, but no, it's still a pet. It's not a pet. It's a snake. You can't change it from being what it is, and I think we're doing the same thing here. Um, let, let, me, let me tell you how this works from a talk radio perspective. People will go, will, will, will bang the drums against the liberal media. Fine. They'll bang the drums against the Democrats. Fine. I've exposed them. I've explained it as well. And then they'll say, anybody who has any degree of difference or disagreement or even a positive critique but raises a question must be part of the left. This is a Stalinist Alinsky tactic now being used by populist, nationalist, slash, whatever. It is unacceptable to me. I explain exactly how I'm thinking and exactly what I believe. And so I can support what the president is doing and disagree with the way he's been praising on. And I still disagree with it. It's better not to say anything about the guy other than he's a good guy who cares about his people. He's a good guy who cares about his people. Does anybody believe that? Anybody really believe that? And yet, and yet, Trump inherited this disaster from his predecessors. And he's done a damn good job. I would even argue a fabulous job to bring us to this point. I don't even disagree with him necessarily meeting with Un. It depends how this turns out in the end. I don't like our flag hanging next to the North Korean flag any more than I would like our flag hanging against the Third Reich flag with the swastika on it. The guy's a mass murderer. But in the end, if it leads to a more peaceful situation where they truly are denuclearized, But I am concerned. I am concerned about the celebratory attitude. There's nothing to celebrate yet. Nothing's happened. Nothing has happened of any significance or consequence. Thank you very, very much for your call. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Take another call if I can find that call screen. I can find the call screen. Hold on one second. Here we go. Frank Crowley, Texas, on the great WBAP. Go. Yes, sir, Mark. How are you? All right. How are you, sir? I'm okay. I still have the best steak waiting for you if you'll ever come this way. <laughs> you never but, know. One day well, I might. Well, well done with ketchup. There you go. Me and the president. 
Or the president and I, I should say. There you go. That's right. Hey, I just want to thank you for getting it right, for saying it right. I mean, you know, you, on the one hand, you have the liberals who are just bashing everything and saying this is horrible. But on the other hand, you have all these Republicans who are like, oh, this is wonderful. But like you said, we don't know. We don't know what's in the deal. And we don't know what's, you know. They, they haven't even negotiated a deal yet. Right, exactly. And at the same time, you know, again, like you say, this guy is a murderer. And now all of a sudden he's this wonderful person. And, you know. Let me ask you something, Frank. These radio hosts, and I don't even know who they are. I get emails about them. I can't listen to this all day because I'm working. But sometimes I catch them. Most of the time I don't. But these, these radio hosts who do not even mention what goes on in this country. And yet, a few months ago, they were more than happy to give you uh, specific details of how this man treated his own people. Do you find these people have integrity? Are these people you want to listen to? I mean, quite seriously. Right now, I mean, no way. And it's, it's like you said, just this one poor guy who was sent home to die, you know, that was just, relatively speaking, a few weeks ago. And and now all of a sudden we're treating this guy with dignity. It, it just it it boggles. If my you mind. want to meet face to face with the guy, which has never been done before, and that's out of the box, and you think he can get something done, I hope he can, the president. But don't pat the guy on the head. You know what I mean? Effectively, and say uh, uh, he's a good guy. He uh, cares about his people. No, he doesn't care about his people, and he's not a good guy. That's exactly why we have the military off the... Uh, I mean, does it even make... We, we've got uh, three um, carrier fleets and two nuclear subs off the, uh, off the peninsula there, North Korea, uh, the Korean Peninsula. We've got 32,000 soldiers there. We've got uh, incredible economic sanctions on them. Uh, the president did all this brilliantly to get the guy to the table, to try and get the nukes out of there, to try and bring some pressure on that society and so forth and so on. Don't tell us he's a good guy. He's not a good guy. Right. I mean, I hope that there's something going on behind the scenes that we don't know. But we don't know that. And in the meantime... The but let's say is- there is. You still don't praise him that way. You say nothing. You don't have to praise the guy. And look... If there's anything that really stands out about this country, it is the belief in natural law and a moral order and so forth and so on. Uh, Otherwise, uh, the left has been right. We've been wrong all the time. There's no problem with having an embassy in Cuba. There's no problem with cutting a deal with the Iranians. There's no problem in detente with the Russians, the Soviets and so forth. But we have taken a position that that's that's not what we believe in. And this has nothing to do with insider-outsider crap either. This has to do with rationality, logic, reason. Thanks for your call. We'll be right back. Mark Levin, a champion of freedom. You know, you're one of the greatest champions of freedom in this country, if not in the English-speaking world, Mark. Call Mark at 877-381-3811. All right. We appreciate that, Mr. Vice President. You know, uh, as high schoolers graduate, and around here, this was the last day of school for our public schools, a.k.a. government schools. But as high schoolers graduate, Are they heading to places where they'll learn why America is the world's freest nation? That we're the first country founded on the principle that all men are created equal? 
Will they be taught the Constitution, our rich history, or what makes America great? You know, there's a place where students study their truths. That's Hillsdale College. At Hillsdale, students study what is true, good, and beautiful. By putting in the work to understand these things, students graduate ready to lead. As Vice President Pence said a commencement this year, Hillsdale students learn not what to do, but what to be. Hillsdale also offers its stellar education to you. Through Imprimus, free online courses like Constitution 101, every American can learn like a Hillsdale student from the same professors. Most remarkably of all, Hillsdale provides this service to our nation without taking a single penny of taxpayer money, not one penny. I encourage you to learn how Hillsdale can serve you at a website just for my listeners. And here's where you go. LevinforHillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. All right. And just so you know, my beloved audience, the vast majority of callers who call into my program agree with me almost all the time. I take the people who disagree with me at the top, don't I, Mr. Producer? Just so you understand, just so you understand, you might say, gee, do they all think that we should just uh, close our eyes to what Kim Jong-un is doing for psychological warfare? No, the vast majority of you think that's ridiculous. But I, take, I try to take the naysayers if we get them. And there aren't a lot of them. Stephanie, El Paso, Texas, the great KTSM, go. Um, so what I wanted to say was that one of the main differences between conservatives and liberals is that we have the ability to think freely without fear of, like, the PC police coming after us. And so this backlash that's coming against conservatives who are choosing to take a more cautious approach to this whole North Korea Kim Jong-un situation and are waiting until the chickens hatch to count them, it it's eerily familiar to me. It reminds me a little bit of that, like, Stephen Colbert moment where he had to chastise his whole audience for cheering for the firing of Comey because Trump did it, so it has to be bad, and they should have all automatically jumped on board and known that that was the perspective that had to be taken. Mm-hmm. It's really quite odd, isn't it? And even in the end, when you support what the president's doing, you know— forcing the North Koreans to the table and so forth. But you say, you know what, he doesn't need to praise the guy. Well, what are you, are you trying to sabotage it? It's bizarre. It's truly bizarre. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, Stephanie, thank you for your call. That's not going to change anybody's opinion. I think people need to look in the mirror. Two, three years ago, the guy was viewed as a genocide. Uh, two, three months ago, the guy was viewed as a genocidal maniac, killing his own family members. We talked about it repeatedly on this program. The president talked about it. But now it's, you know, he's a good guy. He cares about his people. Well, Mark, he's doing that for negotiation purposes. He doesn't have to do that for negotiation purposes. He already got the guy at the table. The guy reportedly, allegedly, already wants to denuclearize. All this stuff is done behind the scenes with the Secretary of State and their equivalent in, China, in, uh, in North Korea and so forth. That's why they're at the table uh, to begin with. So uh, the, the people really need to look in the mirror and ask themselves, why would we treat this this way? Why would we say such things and act as if that's the, that's the factor that's going to make the difference? No, it's not. No, it's not at all. All right. And so you'll be dismissed, you see, as an elitist, as part of the uh, 
swamp, which is hilarious. When I used to go after McConnell and supported his opponent, Bevin, in the Republican primary many, many years ago, he's now the governor of Kentucky, none of these talk show guys agreed with me. When I went after Eric Cantor in his district outside of Richmond, almost none of these talk show guys agreed with me. When in 2010, I backed Cruz, I backed uh, a, a number of the others, or I went, uh, or, went, or the year that I backed Lee and, and people like that, almost none of these talk show guys jumped in. Seriously. This is why Boehner complains about me. Even now he complains about me turning the other talk show guys. So I don't need lectures about the swamp. I'm well aware of the swamp. The swamp hates me. The swamp is the administrative state. It's the establishment Republicans. Ask Mitch McConnell which talk show host he hates the most. It'll be me. Ask John Boehner which talk show host he hates the most. It'll be me. Ask all these Democrats and liberals who are all over Fox, all over these other talk shows, why they won't come on my show. Because they hate me. Ask the people at the Chamber of Commerce which talk show hosts they hate the most. Me. And I wear it like a badge of honor. Let us go to Kevin. Asheville, North Carolina, XM Satellite. Go. Hi, Mark. I agree with you. Uh, the man is a butcher, and this is a good start, and that's all it is. It's just a good start. Now, but more importantly, these blind ideologues on the right are starting to kind of concern me. I mean, we are going down a road. You mean, you mean these of- ideologues who are not conservatives? They're ideologues. Yes, correctly, like your former caller. We're going down a road where we're just going to be just about elections with no real substance, just mm-hmm. like the left. And ideologues on the right are just as hard to discuss anything with as an ideologue on the left. Well, if you mean ideologue on the right, <clears throat> I don't think you mean conservatives. Con- conservatives, uh, you know, we embrace principles and we don't always agree, but we have a certain, you know, fundamental understanding of how the how the planet works. And and so uh, people people with principle. But if by that you mean uh, you either agree with X or else and X is said by Y and you either agree with X coming from Y or else, you're exactly right. Yeah, that's, that's what the left what does. I mean. Yeah, that's yeah. what the left does. The left demands groupthink. You can't even have a discussion with them. And I find more and more that we're, we're, we're running into that. Too. And here's, here's what's hilarious. I endorsed Ted Cruz in the Republican primaries. I endorsed Donald Trump in the general election. Strongly urged as many of my listeners as possible to vote for him. And I'm glad I did. Because he has been a very good president. I have my disagreements with him on tariffs and so forth. But I'd say I agree with the vast majority of what he's done and what he's doing. And there's simply no question about it. I actually think he's turned out in many respects to be more conservative than a lot of those people he was running against. And I say so. And Donald Trump. When I went to the White House at the invitation of the vice president three, four months ago. And Donald Trump heard I was there. He wanted to meet with me. He wanted to talk to me. And we spent 20 minutes, 17 minutes, 23 minutes, whatever it was. Couldn't have been nicer. 
Couldn't have been better. And he knows I don't agree with him on everything, but he also knows I'm not out to sabotage him. He also knows that I'm, I'm going to defend him against these coup attempts. He also knows that I know what the media are all about, and the Democrat Party are all about, and the rhinos are all about. These are things I've been fighting long before Donald Trump was running as a Republican, long before almost all these talk show hosts were making this, the, the arguments. You know, the Tea Party in this show had a relationship, not the other shows. And so uh, the, the, the Reagan revolution in this show had a relationship, not the other shows, not, I shouldn't say all the others, some of the others did. So I understand this, but I'm not going to surrender my ability to reason because some schlub calls me from Round Hill, Virginia, and insists that I have to accept praise of Kim Jong-un, or I'm too stupid to understand uh, psychological warfare. That's idiotic. Hello? Constructively criticize a politician. What's that? You They had you turned down. I'm sorry. I said I refuse to give up my right to constructively criticize my politicians. Well they said. They are my politicians. They work for us. They're not my ruler. No, that's, that's, that's a good way to put it. Uh, somebody said today that uh, Trump is speaking to uh, the North Koreans like a, a hostage taker would. So, of course, I have multiple calls, two callers who want to repeat what somebody else said. Uh, that's not this circumstance. That's not this circumstance. We have a regime that's been in place uh, for over half a century. We have a regime that's been in place that has been hostile to the country for over half a century. They've already come to the table. They already want to negotiate. The president says they're already prepared to give up their nukes. Okay, that's not a hostage taker. If a hostage taker is already prepared to give up his hostages, um, then why are you praising the hostage taker? He's already prepared to give up his hostages. I'll be right back. Mark in. So you see, ladies and gentlemen, all the genocidal murdering dictators around the world, it's just like a hostage taker. And so the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran, we have to treat it as if they're hostage takers. And praise them. That's the ticket. Castro and Cuba. And you can go on and on around the world. We have just have gotten this wrong all the time. And yet what brought on to the table? The President of the United States. Using economic sanctions and military might. It's the left that used to praise dictators. It's the left that used to make excuse for dictators. It's the left that used to give not a second's thought to the dissenters. We condemn Barack Obama when he sat there for 10 days when the people in Iran were rising up. Barack Obama and John Kerry have praised negotiators for the Islamo-Nazi regime in Iran, and we found it disgusting. Barack Obama 
praised Castro. So many words. We found that disgusting. It is disgusting. You will never find any words. Any words of praise for Brezhnev. Will you? By any Republican president. It's not psychological warfare. It's absurd. Casper. You know, it's no secret that I love my Casper mattress. Their engineers have done a marvelous job creating an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience. It's made falling into bed a whole new experience. And I sleep on a Casper every single night. And I love it. Get a Casper, you'll understand why it's not just my favorite mattress, but it's the Internet's favorite mattress. Casper has three unique mattresses to help you sleep cool and comfortably all year round. The Wave is engineered to relieve pressure at 36 different points. The original Casper is more breathable and comfortable than ever. And the Essential is innovation at a great price point. All mattresses are designed to coddle and comfort your every move. Plus, provide the perfect support for every position you sleep in. Discover why Casper has hundreds of thousands of happy customers like me. Try your Casper mattress for 100 nights in your own home with free shipping and returns. Go to casper.com slash mark and use code mark to save $50 on the purchase of select mattresses. That's casper.com slash mark code mark to save 50 bucks. Terms and conditions apply. See the site for details. Now, there's an interesting use of uh, labels in the English language now, too. Interesting use of labels in the English language in trying to define who's with the left, who's against the left, who's with the president, who's against the president, who is a conservative, who's not a conservative. And the vast majority of them are self-serving. The vast majority of them are self-serving. Appeasement. Appeasement is not an outsider position. It is a liberal position. It is a liberal position. It's a foolish position. Supporting a strong military is not an insider position. It's a rational position, given the dangers we face. And our president recognizes that because... He says that's why he signed that horrific budget, because it provided more money for the United States military, and I believe him. Um, So be careful of the phraseology that's being thrown around out there. It still, for the most part, comes down to ideas and principles and belief systems. Not a one-word label. I'm just pointing that out. I think it's important. I want you to listen to what Bernie Sanders said today. Do we have time for this, Rich? And I want to discuss it next hour because I think this has huge ramifications too. Bernie Sanders at the People 2018 Summit, which is organized and funded by groups like the Sierra Club, Planned Parenthood, which you subsidize, the SEIU, MoveOn.org, and a bunch of groups like that, left-wing radical kook groups. Listen to Bernie Sanders. Cut 15, go. And I want to thank all of the groups here because whether you know it or not, 
You have helped transform this country in so many ways. A few years ago, just a few years ago, and I want you to think about it, many of the ideas that we talked about were thought to be fringe ideas, radical ideas, extremist ideas. Well, you know what? Because of your efforts, those ideas are now mainstream American ideas. Do you agree with that? I want to talk to you about this. And in connection with that, Mr. Producer, let's get the Wolf Blitzer cut ready. In connection with that, in my opinion, I want you to listen to this little exchange on CNN with Wolf Blitzer. Go ahead. But a lot of people do take it seriously. That's and, the it's problem. Ha- and it's yeah, having an impact. A lot of his supporters believe that we are the enemy of the yeah, American people, and that is really, really an awful situation. Uh, we are not the enemy of the American people. We love the American people. Wolf Blitzer is announcing for the entirety of the media that they love the American people. How so? How so? Do we actually have a free press in this country? Are not the press in this country giving voice, in fact, a propaganda machine for exactly what Bernie Sanders is talking about? What used to be thought as radical ideas, fringe ideas, extremist ideas, are now mainstream American ideas? Tell me, when is the last time a host at CNN promoted a conservative constitutionalist idea? When's the first time? When is the last time a host at MSNBC promoted a conservative constitutionalist idea? Or the first time? Or NBC or ABC or CBS or most of the New York Times and most of the Washington Post? I want to address this with you when we return. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. We have a very powerful hour. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Whatever happened to Stormy Daniels, by the way? I thought we were supposed to be talking about that for the next 12 months. Well, thank goodness we're not. Um, I can point to numerous countries that have taken the progressive ideology to its full extreme and to hardcore Marxism, resulting in Deprivation, impoverishment, um, violence, a full-blown police state, murder by the state. There's so many you can name. Venezuela, Cuba, North Korea, and you can go on and on, right? The ideology of the, of the progressive left in this country taken to its 
logical extreme, I might say, results in mayhem and worse. Can you show me where constitutional republicanism, lowercase r, constitutional republicanism, like a republic, has led anywhere at any time to that sort of a result? No, you can't. Nowhere. Nowhere has constitutional republicanism led the widespread genocide, impoverishment, and on and on. Nowhere. And this is why so many of us, and you and my beloved audience, we fight this this force on the left. But Bernie Sanders is celebrating now. He's saying, look, a lot of our ideas have been accepted, but by whom have they been accepted? By a lot of Republicans. By a lot of Republican lawmakers, whether it's Obamacare or open borders or what have you. And, of course, the media in this country, which gives it voice, the propaganda wing. But they love us, of course. So once again, here's Bernie Sanders at the We the People 2018 summit. It is hilarious that they claim to be for the people. They're for government. Go ahead. And I want to thank all of the groups here because whether you know it or not, you have helped transform this country in so many ways. A few years ago, just a few years ago, and I want you to think about it, many of the ideas that we talked about were thought to be fringe ideas, radical ideas, extremist ideas. Well, you know what? Because of your efforts, those ideas are now mainstream American ideas. Now, a couple of things. Number one, Bernie Sanders is a Marxist. He can pretend, pretend to be a social democrat, but he's, he's always been a Marxist. Uh, the media and the left want to portray him as this gentle old man who basically is, uh, you know, a, a, a hardcore liberal, but he's not. He's much worse. And he is telling you, they're celebrating there, that his ideas have been mainstreamed. And I'm here to tell you he's right. Not because we the people want it to be right. It's because the matter in which our, uh, our, our, our governing system has been bastardized over the last century, it enables the radical progressive left to use the instrumentalities of government against us, whether they're in power or out of power. Now, when they're in power, they, they are used much more aggressively and at a faster pace. When they're out of power, they're still used. They use the courts and the people they put on the courts. They use what you call the swamp, what I have called over the decades the administrative state, this massive bureaucracy, this fourth branch of government, a permanent branch of government, if you will. It's what Donald Trump is having to battle. And then, and then you hear this from Wolf Blitzer today. Go ahead, Mr. Producer. But a lot of people do take it seriously, yeah, and, it's ha- and it's yeah, having an impact. A lot of his supporters believe that we are the enemy of the yeah, American people, sure and that is really, really an awful situation. Uh, we are not. Well, but you are the enemy of constitutional republicanism. There is no question about that. 
when you look at the lineup of hosts, when you look at the lopsided panels on CNN, I'm talking about CNN, he's on CNN. When you look at the way you cover stories or create non-stories, the failure of your cable network to ever delve deeply into what it means to have a constitutional republic, to give voice to all the leftist policies and arguments, whether it's the Second Amendment, whether it is uh, an attack on freedom of religion uh, over baking a cake and all these other things. There is absolutely no question where CNN as a corporate entity stands. There's absolutely no question where the New York Times is a corporate entity, the Washington Post is a corporate entity, MSNBC, NBC, its mothership, CBS and ABC stand. There's absolutely no question where the vast majority of self-appointed, self-anointed, so-called journalists stand. There just isn't. So when they say they love America, what do they mean exactly? When they are the propaganda wing of the Democrat Party and the most radical elements in the Democrat Party. And with the Trump presidency, they're completely out of the closet now. And so they take offense. They take affront when you say they hate America. Well, they'll tell you they love America. Well, no, they love an America as painted by Bernie Sanders. They don't love American history. They trash the founders. They don't love American history. They trash the founders. And they promote those who trash the founders. And they promote those who want fundamental transformation, like Barack Obama and Bernie Sanders and their ilk. What do they mean by loving America? I would love to have Wolf Blitzer on this show and have a, a serious, rational discussion with him. What, what do you mean that you love America? How do you, do, how do you love America? How do you show it? I mean, what is America? Wrote a whole book on this. Rediscovering Americanism. What is Americanism, Wolf? Jake. Jake Tapper had a book party in New York, apparently, with his favorite left-wing reporters and Hollywood types, Mr. Producer. Did you see a big picture of that? It's very, yeah, me neither. It's very incestuous. So when they say they love America, what do they mean by that? When they say they support Americanism, what exactly do they mean by that? And, of course, they say in a self-serving way that they are the defenders of freedom of the press. How are they defending freedom of the press? How are they defending freedom of the press? Against what? Against whom? What's Donald Trump doing to the press? Is he nationalizing the press? Is he taxing the press? Is he locking up members of the press? What, what exactly is Donald Trump doing to threaten freedom of the press other than strongly disagree with the press, call them out, and trash them? They trash him a thousand times more than he trashes them. You watch this Jim Acosta. What is he doing for freedom of the press? He says, you know, you take press credentials away. That's like a dictatorship. It's like a dictatorship. No, a dictatorship would be putting you in cuffs, taking you away, and never seeing you again. That would be a dictatorship, Jim Acosta. 
but the, the media are not defending freedom of the press. These are corporations. And the reason CNN has lurched left from being left of center is because they think that's where the ratings, the ratings are and the money is. And they're wrong because their ratings are tanking. You know this guy Jeff Zucker just signed up to a new contract through 2020? Their ratings are down double digits. Now why would a media corporation owned by a conglomerate Resign Jeff Zucker. Why would they do that? Look at MSNBC. Why do they keep this Joy Reid on, on board? She's a liar. In the not-so-distant past, she was an anti-Semite, in my view, anti-gay. What happened? How does she get to stay? Are they defending freedom of the press? No, they're not defending freedom of the press. You know what they're defending? Progressivism in the press. That's what they're defending. Bernie Sanders, sadly enough, is right. At least as far as the, uh, the public discussion is concerned, they've made these radical left ideas, fringe ideas, radical ideas, extremist ideas, thought to be in the past, Mainstream American ideas. Now, let me, let me give a caveat there. I don't believe they're mainstream American ideas, but they are certainly mainstream media ideas, mainstream Democrat Party ideas, mainstream Hollywood ideas, mainstream entertainment ideas, and more and more mainstream within the Republican Party, quite frankly. But that doesn't mean they're mainstream American ideas. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Don't forget, folks, time's running out if you enjoy this program. I hope you'll vote for us for the National Radio Hall of Fame. You go to your cell phone, any type of cell phone, text the number 500 to 96000. That's three zeros, 500 to 96,000. And then you can go online and you can vote by going to a link called radiovote.com, radiovote.com. You'll see two categories. The first category, I'm not in it, but you have to vote. You either vote for somebody there or you vote to abstain. Then you move down to the next category. I'm in that category. Hopefully you'll Click my photo or the button next to my photo, and then hit the submit button. So you get to vote two times, once by text, once by email, online, uh, or online voting. And I hope you'll do both, and I hope you do them fast, because time's running out. The National Radio Hall of Fame has decided that this is the process they want to use with public participation uh, to choose its members, and they encourage each of us to speak to you. So I'm speaking to you, and I am... Asking all you Levinites out there, some of you have just started listening, but some of you have listened a very, very long time. It's very, very easy to do. And if each and every one of you vote, well, it won't even be close. And if you tell your friends and family to vote, it really won't be close. Uh, so uh, the Levinites and Levin, we will, we will overcome. So text the number 500 to 96000 uh, on your cell phone. And then if you would, you go to radiovote.com, radiovote.com. Dot com, and uh, you can vote for me there. 
All right, let us go to Tommy in Queens, New York, the great WABC. Go. Yes, Mr. Levin, how are you? Great to talk to you again. I was born Thank in Romania. You. I talked to you before. I'm the big Ceausescu. You are the, uh, you are the limousine driver. Uh, no, I drive a truck at the AFK, freight. I drive uh, truck driver, I'm sorry. Yes, sir, truck driver. God bless America. Amen. Anyway, uh, 1960, Bernie Sanders is a wolf in sheepskin. Uh, he's, he just used that word, fundamentally transformed, just like Obama was using mm-hmm. the same word. So people don't know what they're getting into communism. 1961, I was born in Romania, and uh, the president said everybody has to name their child Yuri, because Yuri Gagarin went into space. Now, my father named me Tommy. They beat the heck out of my father. The secret Jeez. police came and beat the heck out of him. Then they escaped in 1968 and ended up in Greece and came to America. I was still in Romania with my two brothers. The police came there, the secret police, in front of the whole school. They put me into a doghouse to show the kids, to scare the crap out of the kids. They said, this is the enemy. His parents are in America. So they put me in a doghouse to show them that. But that's what communism is. Are you still listening? I'm here. I'm listening to every word, Tommy. Thank you for uh, for relaying that to uh, to so many people who really just think this is a matter of getting free college and free interest. Now, in Romania, under communism, theoretically, you had free college and you had free health care. How'd that go? <laughs> That's if you pay somebody to let you into the hospital as a doctor. You have to have a carton of canned cigarettes. Can't, because they like can't monk the hunters. And they say, if you don't have a carton of can't, you can't see you. Mm-hmm. All right, my friend. Well, I'm glad you're here. God bless you, sir. Appreciate it. All right. And by the way, this Deputy Attorney General of the United States, Rosenstein, is really a disgrace in so many ways. He should have recused himself as a witness uh, because he signed the uh, uh, because he's he wrote a, a memo recommending that Comey be fired. Uh, he acts like he never did it. Uh, he also signed the the the, uh, the last extension of the FISA application involving Carter Page. Uh, again, he should be in that case not even a witness, but potentially a subject. Um, he's a really he's it's it's a disgrace. And now we learn that Rosenstein threatened to subpoena the emails and texts and phone records of Republican members of the House Intelligence Committee after they were demanding records from him. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this man is un-American. Why aren't there impeachment proceedings beginning against Rosenstein? Why instead do we have Republicans on the Senate Judiciary Committee voting to protect Mueller? Why aren't they moving to remove Rosenstein, who just threatened to investigate members of Congress who are doing their Article I duty trying to provide oversight of the Department of Justice? As I've said over and over and over again, you won't find the Department of Justice in the Constitution you won't find the FBI in the Constitution. Congress created these entities. And the idea that Congress can't oversee these entities is tyranny. And unfortunately, the Attorney General of the United States, Jeff Sessions, is backing Rosenstein. 
He has no reason to believe that Rosenstein would act unprofessionally. I have every reason to believe he would act unprofessionally because he has. Is that not incredible? You know, we like to make the point that if uh, that if were the, this were the uh, Obama, if they were the Democrats in Congress making these demands, and the shoe were on the other foot, all hell would break loose. If it was the Democrat campaign that had a spy set loose by the FBI, all hell would break loose. The unmasking of Democrats, all hell would break loose. You understand? And that's why, Wolf Blitzer, nobody believes you guys love America. Nobody. Except your uh, sycophantic audience. We'll be right back. This is the home of the July 4th Americans. And you can call at 877-381-3811. I wanted to let all of you and Radio Land, all my fans there, I wanted to let you know about uh, a special offer we have going on right now for Levin TV and CRTV. We wanted to make it a little bit easier for all of our subscribers, all of our subscribers, and our biggest fans to get the best pricing possible on Levin TV and on the rest of CRTV Network. All you fans of Levin TV, too. So we came up with our best offer yet. Now listen to this. Now you can get a three-year subscription to CRTV for only what turns out to be $5.53 a month. So that's $199 for three years. Turns out to be $5.53 a month. I think that's less than a Big Mac meal. Actually, if you've been a fan of the show for a while now, you know we're in this for the long haul, and we hope you will be too. There's no other place online where you'll get the truth unfiltered and uncensored. Give us a call right now, right now. The government may be closed, thank goodness, but we are not. Go to 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV. Mention this ad to get three years of our entire network, CRTV, including Levin TV, for only $5.53 a month. That's three years at $199. Setup is quick, it's easy, and you'll be ready to watch in five minutes. Give us a call at 844-LEVIN-TV, and we'll set you up right now. That's 844-LEVIN-TV. I came up with this model, this idea, for three years in order to cut the, what turns out to be the monthly cost. And I've been fighting for this for six months. Trust me on this. It is the best possible deal I could get you. It's $199 for three years. I go, whoa, I'll bet that's less than your monthly cable charge. But the point is it's three years. It comes to $5.53 a month. So check us out, 844-LEVIN-TV. You know, it's my pleasure to bring to the airwaves here somebody who's been a friend of mine for almost 30 years, who is an outstanding lawyer, who is president of Landmark Legal Foundation, and I I need to tell you, just so you know, I'm the chairman of Landmark Legal Foundation, but I'm very proud of the president, very proud of the staff there, and uh, Pete Hutchison, how are you, sir? Hello, Mark. Thanks for having me on your show. I'm doing quite well, and we're very proud of you, and those are kind words. Well, and I I wanted to bring you on the air to talk about this Ohio case 
um, which people are largely ignoring. It went all the way to the Supreme Court. It was a close decision, uh, but it involved voting lists in Ohio. Tell us what happened there. All right. Here's the problem, Mark. We have millions of registered voters in this country who move every year, and especially young voters. You know, like my oldest daughter, she registered to vote, went off to college, came home, moved to Denver, came to Kansas City, has moved two or three times. Different different precincts every time. Did she keep her registration up to date? I don't know. But all of your listeners know people like that, lots of them. So it's a problem. And we do know that there are 25 million people who are registered in more than one place. So registration officials have a, a tall order because they're required to keep track of people so that eligible voters are voting in the right spot. It's very important. So Congress passed a law, the National Voter Registration Act, passed by a Democrat House and Senate, signed into law by Bill Clinton, and it's supposed to make it easier to register to vote, and it imposes a duty on states to keep their lists up to date. Now, the left loves the first part. They love to get everybody registered, but they don't like the second part. So Ohio takes its responsibility to do both seriously. They make it easy to register there, and they have a system in place that's, that's very rigorous, where if you don't engage in voter activity, which is like signing a petition or voting, for two years, then they will send you a postcard and say, hey, we're making sure you're still there. Send us this card back, and if you, uh, if you don't, we'll keep you on the list. I mean, if you do, we'll keep you on the list. If you don't return the card and then you don't engage in any activity for another four years, then you're off the voter roll and you have to start over again. So you have six years combined, pretty much. Yes, yeah, six years. And, you, and, it, and, it, and it, all you have to do is return the card or, or sign a petition or check in with them in some way. So the law, the law was challenged and the decision came down Monday. Uh, and if it, the, this decision was a movie, I'd call it the good, the bad, and the reprehensible. You've got Justice Alito and the majority who looked at the Ohio system, see it, looked to see if it follows the federal law. They concluded that it does, exactly, and that's the end of the opinion, except to respond to phony arguments by the, in the dissents. Now, that's good judging. The dissent, they don't like the results of this law. And so, as uh, only Ivy League lawyers can do, they turn yes into no and up into down, and they twist the language so that they can come up with the conclusion that, uh, no, this law is no good and we need to throw it out. That's, that's what we call bad judging in our business. But the reprehensible part is the Justice Sotomayor dissent. She goes straight for the left's favorite uh, strategy of race baiting. She says, oh, because uh, this, th- there is a, a statistical uh, disproportionality in the number of poor and minority people who are kicked off the list. And by the way, it's a very small number of people. Uh, But she says because there is a disparity, then it must be the result of racial discrimination and therefore is voter suppression. And this is what is so upsetting because the, the media has glommed on to that term, voter suppression. You see it everywhere. Mark, voter suppression is poll taxes. Voter suppression is literacy tests. Voter suppression is baseball bats outside of voting booths in Philadelphia telling people they better vote for Obama or don't come in. That's voter suppression. There is no way 
that anyone asking themselves the question, does returning a postcard as a requirement count as voter suppression? Sorry. And it's shameful, and I'm very upset about it because it divides the nation. And it is, you know, I, oh, Sotomayor had no one join her in that opinion. She stands alone. Not even the notorious RBG signed on with her. And that tells let, you Let how me ask you this, this Pete Hutchinson, an excellent yes, summary. Let me ask you this. The, these, this state, Ohio, other states too, they're trying to clean up these, these voter lists. And in this case, as you point out, people who haven't voted for for six years or haven't even shown uh, that they're alive for six years or that they're in the state for six years. They want to clean up their uh, basically their data. How in the world is that racist? Got me, Mark. It's not. It just simply isn't. And in fact, in this case, no one brought up race. It was never alleged to to have been the basis uh, for for the Ohio system. It was never, there was never any evidence uh, presented that said, oh, you know, in Ohio, uh, there's, there's a history of voter suppression, race-based voter suppression. It didn't exist until, until Sotomayor brought it up. And, and the progressives who are pushing, uh, are pushing back against any attempt to clean up the rolls, they always go straight to suppression. And it is phony baloney. Mm-hmm. Well, they, apparently they've taken the position on the left and in the Democrat Party uh, that they want to disenfranchise all legitimate voters because they defend to the hilt all the way to the Supreme Court these lists um, uh, and any effort like they had in Pennsylvania, right, to make sure that people who vote actually are allowed to vote. So this was just trying to clean up the voting rolls. What are they going to do when you actually go for cases that say – um, uh, that that individuals who aren't American citizens shouldn't vote. Will that be? Uh, will people be accused of racism then too? Oh, absolutely, and xenophobia for for that matter. It'll be all sorts of oppressive rhetoric. What's what's going on in the bigger picture is that the the uh, there are hundreds of groups that are being funded by George Soros, for example. He's put in over three hundred twenty million dollars for voter registration efforts. And what they're trying to do is, is create chaos in the system uh, so that the American people will throw up their, their hands and say, well, let's just have open voting, all comers, citizens or not, whatever your age is. You know, in California and other states, they're, they're uh, pre-registering kids at 16. And uh, in some places, they want to let 16-year-olds vote. You know, that, that, that's uh, the kind of thing that where we're going and uh, this is a concerted well thought out strategy to open up voting to to all comers because statistically young people and uh, immigrants whether here illegally or illegally like to get benefits from the government because they've been brainwashed unlike your previous caller there the Romanian who understands what our nation is all about and how it really works and how, you know, where we will be heading with this progressive agenda if we don't put a stop to it. You know, these, this, this is the strategy. All comers. You're listening to Pete Hutchison, president of Landmark Legal Foundation, the, formerly the general counsel forever. Yeah, I uh, still can't get used to that title. <laughs> no, that's a good title. <laughs> I, I, I am now chairman, just so the nation knows that I'm not... Uh, 
hiding the ball. I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of what's being done there. If people want to learn more about Landmark Legal Foundation or support it, where do they go? They can go to our website, which is www.landmarklegal.org, and uh, check out what we're up to. We've got stuff going on in other Supreme Court cases and in other uh, voting matters, and also, as you've talked about many times on your show, the FISA court abuses and all sorts of important work. And uh, we owe it all to our fabulous supporters and people like your audience. And most all right. of all, you, Mark. No, most of all, you, Pete Hutchison. <laughs> You're doing a great job there, and Mike and Matt and everybody else. All right, my friend. God bless. Take care of yourself. God bless, Mark. Thanks so much again for having me on. My pleasure. It's a great organization. I don't talk about it enough. I should. Other organizations are out there very flashy and doing good jobs, uh, but in the media all the time. Landmark Legal Foundation, I was president for, for many, many years there. We do our work quietly. Why? We just do it. And it is a fabulous organization. It's a small organization, but uh, under Pete Hutchison, our president there, he views this sort of as a legal special ops organization, and he's quite right. So uh, check him out, landmarklegal.org. Mr. Producer, let's go ahead and put it up on my social sites, landmarklegal.org, and we'll be right back. Mark Lovin. forget to listen to this program tomorrow, the Clinton email case uh, with the IG investigation. The IG report will be released tomorrow afternoon sometime. It's going to be about 500 pages long. I intend to consume it. And uh, you won't want to miss tomorrow night's show uh, on radio here as we uh, go through the details. Uh, and we'll see what's there. And also, I've been asked to uh, go on Hannity TV tomorrow night. 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, so we will do that as well. I assume it's the same subject, uh, so I hope you'll join us. Also, if you get a minute, I hope you'll uh, you'll give us a vote on your cell phone for the uh, National Hall of Fame, the Radio Hall of Fame. You text the number 500 to 96000, and then you can also vote a second time by going online to radiovote.com. And... Uh, and vote there, too. Uh, this this ends, um, what does it end, Pete? Sunday night? Ends Monday night. So it'll be over soon. Some of you say, why do you have to keep repeating it? Oh, gosh. Well, the reason is people come and go on radio. The, uh, the, the National Radio Hall of Fame is encouraging us to involve our audiences. So that's what I'm doing. It'll be over soon enough. But I hope I can enlist your support, all you Levinites out there, uh, who are just wonderful, wonderful people. And I'm very blessed to have you. You know, there's a kind of identity theft that I'm just learning about, and it just shows how cyber thieves will never, ever stop trying to steal your identity. Why? Because it's virtually priceless on the black market. Synthetic ID theft. Ever hear of that? It's when thieves take pieces of personal information from various people and create a fake persona. And it's incredibly difficult to catch since there's not a complete ID to match against. But my ID care covers you for even this sophisticated kind of scam. Look, no one can protect you 100%, but My ID Care offers best-in-class protection, period. 
and they give you a 100% identity recovery guarantee if you do fall victim or your money back. Nobody does that. With plans less than 10 bucks a month, it's time to let my ID care take care of you the way it takes care of me. Credit freezes alone, well, they won't protect you from all nine types of identity theft, but my ID care, they will. Learn more and get 15% off at myidcare.com slash mark code mark. It's a long address, so stick with me. That's myidcare.com slash mark. Promo code mark. Myidcare.com slash mark promo code mark where it's easier than ever to enroll. And we really want you to protect yourself and your family. That includes your children. You've got all kinds of uh, criminals out there, all kinds of thugs, and not just in this country. They're all over the world trying to get access to your data and particularly uh, pick off your children's information if they can. And this synthetic ID, it's a very uh, brilliant way to steal from you. And so you need help, and the government's not going to give it to you. Fred, Minneapolis, Minnesota, the Mark Levin app, go. Hey, Mark, uh, you're, you opened your show today talking about socialism, how it they keep promoting it, saying, if only next time we did it this way, that way. It's failed every time, everywhere. But I want to talk about the opposite. The first time limited government, open, pure capitalism was tried on this earth, it succeeded, dwarfed everything else, ruled the earth for the next 250 years, hasn't failed yet, and yet we're told that's not the system that works. All right, and that's kind of a hybrid of what I was saying, which is can you point anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world, where constitutional republicanism was taken to some extreme and created destitution and bleakness and death? I can't think of any. Can you, Fred? Not at all, exactly. And yet, your point, Take Bernie Sanders and his ideology. We can point to one country after another after another and all the deaths and horror that have taken place on this planet as a result of that ideology, can't we? Exactly. And they'll still argue with their side. All right, Fred. Good call. We appreciate it. Jimmy, Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC. Quickly, go. Yes, when Bernie Sanders said that, he was talking to his followers because a communist would know what he was saying. He's not just pushing the Marxist ideology. There's other concepts the Marxists put out on the broad scale, like white privilege and things like that. And they also know... Or economic justice or uh, climate change or whatever. Go ahead. So they have a broader influence now. In the communist press, they write, yesterday's left is today's center. Today's left will be tomorrow's center. They move the whole spectrum to the left. And it's not an accident that they're teaching a strong anti-white in this country as they're flooding the country with non-whites. This is going on in Europe, too. The enemy knows what they're doing. You're saying the communists are doing that? Yes. There's all different ways you could see it, and it's been a long time. If you read the press like I do, it could drive you nuts, and I'm maybe halfway there. Wait a minute. You uh, can read the Russian press? Oh, no. They write in English. They publish a lot of things in English. For instance, they write that they teach... Jimmy, the music means I have to go. I apologize. I truly do. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. I hope you have a wonderful evening, and I'll see you in 21 hours right here. God bless each and every one of you. See you tomorrow. Tomorrow.